everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, Effort of Community Church and friends of Effort of Community Church, I'm Jim Merman, one of the teaching pastors here, and this is Michael Wenger, my here friend. Am. Here I am. And one of our directors of our counseling center here. We like each other. We do. Anyway, we were thrilled to be able to spend the time chatting with you this morning because we just got done a baptism weekend, and right. Kevin spoke on baptism. But I want to share with you a little bit of the fun news of what happened this weekend. Uh, we had 29 people sign up wow. to be baptized. I think that ended up becoming about 25. I think there were four that just kind of got a little nervous at the end or whatever, felt like the Lord was uh, allowing them to put a pause on it. But I think what was really exciting, I have to admit, was pretty challenging. It was Saturday night. We as the uh, staff were getting together pre-service around 4 in the afternoon, and Kevin just looked at us, and he says, I believe there's a couple hundred people in the congregation that are to get baptized. Yeah, that's awesome. And so he was like, I want... I want another 29 people yeah. to get baptized spontaneously this weekend. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a person of faith, but at the same time, I'm like, well, buddy, um, let's see how that rolls. And I have to tell you, man, it was just exciting. I am standing there as soon as the service is open on, over on Sunday. Because Kevin even said Saturday night, he says, hey, if you're interested in getting baptized, come back tomorrow at noon. While the service is ending, some guy rushes up to Matt Swords and I, and he's like, I can't even wait to 12 o'clock. This is like 11.36. He's like, wow. I need, has tears in his eyes. He says, I need to get baptized now. So he and his wife climbed in the tank, and Matt and I, we just took our shoes off, took our watches oh, off, took our phones awesome. out of our pockets, jumped in like that. Now, that just sent a little kind of trigger it's throughout beautiful. the church, and we saw 21 people spontaneously get baptized after wow. the Sunday service. Uh, and that was just absolutely wonderful. Mm. So all that to say, Kevin wanted 29. He only got 21. It was a failure. Mm. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not. It was wonderful. Beautiful. Beautiful. It was. Were you there for any of that gig? I was not there for that. I was there for Sunday morning, um, <clears throat> which was really, really neat, too. I mean, there was one person that got baptized, but it was just really neat to see family gather around this little boy, this, mm-hmm. this little young man, and his excitement getting into the tub and coming out. And just the, I love our community because we just rally around people and everybody cheers and hoots and hollers, and it's it's a celebration. That's right. And so Baptism Weekend is always a blessing to witness and yeah. to experience, and then hear the stories afterwards. Oh, my goodness, the testimonies are powerful, mm-hmm. aren't they? I sit there with tears in my eyes because there's just something. I don't care if you're six years old up there giving right. a testimony or 60. There's just something powerful. And even on the spontaneous baptisms, the 21 or so, matter of fact, I heard that someone even came in the afternoon, and Kevin was still in his office, and Kevin baptized him. Yeah. Uh, so I might be off there. It might be closer to 22. But all that to say, uh, they actually did their confession while they were in the tanks, shared who God was. And I'm sitting there trying to baptize them with tears in my eyes, thinking yeah. how powerful it is to hear what God's done and what they want from God. Right. I mean, a common thing was it was baptism to show their love for God, but their deep desire to serve and do mission. How about you? Mike and I thought we'd chat a little bit about our own baptisms today. Yeah. What was yours? Well, I was, I was thinking, too, just to add to that, is that so often there's this um, philosophy that you have to be little. If, you've, if you're beyond a certain age, you've missed the boat, you know, mm-hmm. or you have to be. And so it's really neat to me to see that we have all ages, from little to 60s, 70s, you know, we don't care. You know, if we have to help you get into 
whatever the, the tub, uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. We love seeing all ages, and I think that's a beautiful, um, beautiful thing in, in, in uh, our baptism service. For me, I got baptized when I was 18, eight years old, and um, I, I was sprinkled. So they like they would pour. They call that sprinkle, but they would pour Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And while it was special at eight, you know, it wasn't until uh, I was in my twenties and we were doing uh, a baptism for TNT kids, and we decided to do an immersion. So one of my mentors, Pastor Tom Cook, he, that was he was his title at that time. He let us use his church, and uh, I, I love this man dearly. He's he's been uh, a mentor in my life, and he he said. He'd be willing to baptize me. And so I got baptized a second time, but this time it was an immersion. And um, it was beautiful for me to experience that, but then also to see uh, kids come right after me that were just got saved um, to then get baptized as well. So I'd say the second one was more special to me just because I knew a little bit more what I was doing, and um, but also that I had someone very dear to me um, that's poured into my life to, to be a part of that baptism. That's right, yeah. I want to spend just a couple minutes, if you don't mind, because this is a kind of pastoral reflection on the message, what took place, trying to give you from another angle. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to remind us that um, I think immersion baptism, I made that decision too at 23, and it was a very powerful um experience from myself, but I want to talk for just a couple minutes about the history of the church when it comes to baptism, because um, I I want to always be reminding us that the imagery in the Bible around baptism is one uh, of circumcision of the heart. In other words, there is an activity you're doing where you are saying, I'm setting myself apart, or I am identifying, or I am now found in Him. So we looked at the wonderful passages out of Romans 6. But I want to also remind you that one of the reasons that immersion baptism is so popular in the last 150 years... Now, granted, you're going to sit and go, come on, Jim, it's been popular for a long time. But I just want to remind you that oftentimes the way baptism is expressed has a little bit to do with the culture's understanding of certain things. So I'll I'll give you a hint that right now, uh, throughout, immersion baptism became really big in Western Europe and then in North America, and a lot of it has to do with our emphasis on individuality, that the salvation experience is one of an individual personal conversion and turning to God. And therefore, this idea of immersion baptism, particularly believer's baptism, meaning, hey, you might have gotten sprinkled or you might have gotten taken something done when you were a baby, but there comes some point where as an individual you need to identify. Who isn't going to say yes and amen to that? But I will remind you, for hundreds and even thousands of years, and not just in the Catholic stream of the Church, this was in all types of streams of the Church, uh, that, whether that's Orthodox, Protestant, etc., there was a recognition that baptism was as much a signal of walking into the grace of the church, meaning that God gave a blessing to a people, and that baptism, so if your parents even had you baptized, it wasn't just some rote thing. Of course, you always have that. The Bible talks about that. People just do things because it's a ritual. But when your parents were giving you over to a grace that's been given to the community to be raised in, Right, So baptism represented that you being brought inside something into this kind of womb of a community to be raised. And it had a lot of beautiful symbolism, with I also respect, because I think we in the West have sometimes lost the power of what it means to have a communal faith. Communal in the sense of, I'm part of a people, and there are seasons where my faith will carry theirs, their faith will carry me, and it's something
something, a deep, powerful experience. So I think it's wonderful. We are very high proponents of um, what's called um, believer baptism here. And of course, we love immersion, although we're willing to roll with a lot of different things when it comes to that. But all that to say, the church has been this powerful thing, but the one thing that's in common is this passage in Romans 6, and I just want to read this. If we've been united with him in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, man. And I just love the fact that that imagery, that this is one of the reasons I do love immersion. There's a clear imagery of, I am under the water and the old is mm. getting left behind. And something new that's found in him is coming out of it, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, love, I love just the idea of cleansing. Mm. Um, just as we walk this world, we just get covered uh, in dirt and filth and grime and woundings and um, bitterness and and just all this stuff. And and you know we hold on to things and even sin. You know, obviously. Uh, and then when we get when we get under that water, just letting that drift away. And when we come out, we're a new creation. Uh, I just love that imagery as well. And I love the the idea of just. Um, it's, it's almost like you, you, you place a stake in the ground where you're saying, today is a day. I'm committing everything to the Lord. I'm mm-hmm. bearing it all under, and I'm coming up, and I'm, I'm totally committed and connected to you, Jesus. And I just, I just love that. That's right, yeah. yeah. The stake in the ground. Now, I, I love also where Kevin went with the message. We had an envelope this week. If you were part of the services, that's great. You'll know what I'm talking about. If not, let me just fill you in quickly. Kevin had every single person who entered the uh, congregation be given an envelope. And my wife joked at first, she goes, oh my word, is that a giving envelope? And are those <laughs> verses to guilt me into giving? Like it was just a fun little response she had. But really, over the front of the envelope were all these verses in the scriptures. There had to be at least a dozen of them, maybe even 15. Um, all the verses that are talking about what it means to be in him, to be found in him, to be hidden in him, to be reconciled through him and in him. Uh, it was a beautiful array of verses, and then he had us take a blank piece of paper that was inside, write our name on it, put it in the envelope and seal it, as in this. This is a sealed thing. This isn't about whether or not you stay in him. These verses are clearly this. When you have been baptized, put to death in him, and raised in him... You are this sealed thing that I, it just messes with my mind sometimes yeah. that part of this Christian walk is just not about me. Right. I mean, at one level, this is a relentless God who has hidden you inside himself. And therefore, some of the things that we face, some of the struggles we have, whether it's doubts, fears, anxieties, uh, traumas that we face, mm. Christ has hidden you in him and able to absorb these things. And it's one of the beautiful images, again, that th- there is a resurrection from these things we no longer have to be in and we're now in him. So I thought it was a great little reminder. Yeah. After all this baptism, the focus in on you are now in him. And we're believing that even some of those people got baptized. I'm rambling, but I'm preaching, brother. Good. I believe that even some of those people that got baptized, they will find a new resolve and a new, dare I say it, power at work in them to be able to step back, see their lives, break sins, break habits, and to become a, a, the stake in the ground for their own families. I want the end of generational sins to take place because we're now found in him as individuals. Yeah. And I get pretty excited about it, yeah. as you can probably tell. Yeah, absolutely. And I love your passion, too. Like, I agree. Um, I'm just thinking about the whole envelope thing, and I think so often we as Christians and people... Uh, we often have our own envelopes, mm-hmm. and we store 
yeah. stuff in that envelope. That's right. And we even seal it sometimes. And, and we rate our own words on it, um, yep. our own voices in our head, our own negative mm-hmm. views of ourselves. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, to really even take that and stick that into the envelope. Yeah. And seal it under Christ. It means He takes all of it. He takes all that stuff that are in our own envelopes, all that junk in there. He wants that to come. And when we put that in the envelope that Christ, when we're under, when we're in Christ, He begins a work with us, and it empties that envelope, and we no longer have to carry that stuff because we are now in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that. I know for Donna and I, my wife, um, we only got one envelope. Um, she, for whatever reason, um, we got one envelope, and um, she wrote her name on the front. I wrote my name on the back, and it was cool as a as a married couple to put our names in the envelope, saying not only individually are we in Christ, but our marriage is in Christ. That's right. And I think that's so huge, huge and important for today too. That's right. And I want to remind you also as well that um, key to this imagery is that there is a power at work. I mean, one of the things that I love, and maybe it's my own trauma response from my discipleship upbringing, is the word sealed got used a lot to explain your whole Christian life, like the Holy Spirit sealed you, so now God doesn't even see you, and really you're just being saved unto that day. You're, the whole emphasis was on being saved from something. Mm-hmm. Very little emphasis, uh, or at least, by the way, I have to be careful here, at least I didn't tune into it. It might have been there for others. I want to make sure I don't kick my cradle of spiritual Christian spirituality, but all that to say, I began to realize I'm not just saved from something, I'm saved for something. Mm. And I began to read the Bible that way as if there has been a power released in us to be able to believe for God's kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven. And I just am so excited recently that we as a community, I know this for sure, we as leadership, we spent the staff meeting talking about this morning, is we want to start believing to see God's kingdom come on earth for God's glory. And I'll just give you an example. Like, we've started to, if you haven't noticed, the last few weeks, we are believing God for words of knowledge that yeah. lead to healing, both emotion, emotional, physical, spiritual healings, right? And uh, we are starting to step out a little bit and believing, God, if you're going to do this, do this royally, right? So I don't know if you noticed about two, two weeks ago, or was it three now, uh, Kevin Feldy had a word that someone had anger, right? Yeah. And then he actually went as far as to say, and I think it's someone up in the mezzanine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sitting there like, Kevin, man. <laughs> um, and you know what? The person that ended up responding for prayer for that word says, you know, when you first said someone who had anger, they go, well, yeah, it's me and like, hundred other people here. But as soon as you pointed up the mezzanine, you pointed at me. Oh, and you go, wow. and that person said, I knew it was me. They came forward for prayer, got a breakthrough. Now this last week, I want to remind you of something that took place. Cause this one really, I'm like, Matt, what are you doing? Yeah. Matt got up yeah. and he felt that during Kevin's teaching, God revealed to him that someone in the community was facing extreme adversity in an area where someone was coming against them. And that God was trying to let that person know, I will be the one who delivers you. You don't need to fight. And then he, so he says that, and he says this, and I believe your name is Jason. I'm sitting there like, oh, Matt. Yeah. Like, that is narrowing the word down, right? Guess what happens? That's guts right there. Guess what happened, man? Uh, If you have ears to hear, at that exact time Mm. during the service, a young couple on who the husband's name is Jason received an email and they saw it come up on their phone during the service, and it was a radically difficult email about something that a neighbor was doing to them, right? 
and they sat there shattered by this, like looking at this going, do we leave? Do we, do we, how do we deal with this today? Right? And then all of a sudden, Matt gets up at the end of service and says that word, and he, his name was Jason. Oh, man. And they came forward. Matt says by the time they reached the front, like they were already shaking because oh. God was trying to let them know, I have you. Now, friends, I got to ask you something. Do you believe I just made that story up, man? Wow. I mean, that, that took place this weekend because there is a power in the name of Jesus. That's a life I want to be a part of. Heavens, oh, yeah. yeah, man. And, and, so, and so we just want you to know that we're sharing that with you because, number one, we need to continue to believe. We need to push back on doubt right now yeah. because we believe God wants to do a work in our days, That's not right. just simply for us, saving us from neighbors, saving us from illness, saving us from insecurities we carry, but to be a light to the nations yeah. because of this, right? Yeah, that's right. Gets me pumped. I'm so stoked. Me too. And uh, excited to see what God's going to do. Yeah. He's, he's, he's about to, uh, he is doing some great things. I think we're going to see an increasing of that. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I call it a quiet revival, but yeah. um, if it wants to get loud, that's allowed to, too. Yeah. But I'll take it as it comes. Now, that said, hey, we're launching into a new series, Entrusted. It's a series on stewardship. Of course, that involves more than just finances. That involves our lives, our resources, the way we even view the world. We're kicking it off this week for the next, for the remainder of October. And then in November, we are going to be diving further back into this topic of what God's doing in our midst and healing. And then we're going to have Andy Clark visit us on November 6th. It'll be a great time. Any think, closing words? I think Christmas is coming. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Christmas! Let's squeeze in like two other holidays before that. All right. Hey, we care about you. See ya. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us by visiting effortofcommunitychurch.com. Community